Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's your boy, Coach C, with Mr. Mark. We're here with another one. That's how we play. Nigga, what happened to the first one, nigga? First one got to get posted, man. I ain't even, um, I, I use that as a trial run. So I'm going to have to edit this out. This little beginning part. Because <laughs> this the real, I listened to it and I said, that was, I said, we did, we, we did good, but I think this one probably, this one probably yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear it. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So it's I was like, right, what's, what's my, I got my lawyers involved. You go. <laughs> so yeah, we back, man. Well, we back like, we back for the first time. Shit. Episode one. That's how we play. Coach C, Mr. Mark. We got a lot to talk about, man, but we're gonna pretty be we're gonna be brief. We're gonna be real brief about it, man. Let's get into it. First off, I'm using uh I'm using I'm gonna use my regular hat on this one. I ain't gonna use no sports and none of that, but your boy Mav Carter got caught up with some betting. And for some strange reason, this made ESPN news and um I don't know about you, but I thought this man didn't uh, play a professional sport. So, what's the reason why his name come up in the in the in the news about making bets in the league? I don't, I don't get it. What you think about that? Uh, did did he win? Did he lose? What happened? <laughs> that, that's that's that would be my first uh, question. Shit, he probably he might have won. He might have won. That's why it became news. What? How much he won is probably the one that that's being kept quiet. Right, my thing with that man, he's 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 not he's not part of the um, <clears throat> pardon me, he's not part of the uh, sports world where he's you know titled like he's cool LeBron and Rich Paul like they're best friends, but he not he not he not signing nobody. <laughs> he got he got no players under his belt. Like yo, Back. put this, put this play in for me. You know what I mean? Like nah, like, that nigga's a a regular nigga with. Uh, whatever business he's run with um with LeBron and them, but I think he could bet. He yeah. probably he probably he probably lost a lot of money or some shit. That's the reason why. Yeah, I don't know. They must think my man Birdie from above the room or something. They think just because you know he must he he knows some guys and he know he he know his boy a Laker now. He trying to get his bets in, but I'm like you same same thing you saying. He been in the league for what twenty years, Brian. And I'm sure Mav done, you know, bet either on the games or whatever. But, I mean, it ain't like he asking him for intel on game plans and none of that. And at the end of the day, if I'm not mistaken, you know what I mean, they grew up together. So, at this point, if we're going to sit here and base, you know, him betting off of them having a childhood friendship and growing and all that, a lot of people in the world ain't going to be able to make no bets. Right. Because, I mean, we all know somebody that was in the league at one point. So, it's like. What, what you going to assume we all got intel on, on, on the games or whatever? Or they or like you said, it must be what he hit for. He must have hit for something crazy, and then it became news. But when he was losing, everything was chill. Well, I, I just I just Googled this nigga. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maverick Carter is American sports marketing business and media personality. Mm. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that don't sound like that man picked up a ball. Right now, he ain't playing in the league or nothing. He just got ties to the league. But the same thing I'm thinking, your boy Drake is an ambassador for the Toronto Raptors, courtside and all that. 
and all he do is post his plays online. So I don't understand what's the you know what's the difference between Drake and Mav when this man Drake has direct ties to an NBA team. See, I th- I think the the difference between them two, Drake never bets on basketball. Okay, okay, or or he doesn't show us he bets on basketball. That's true. But he he bet <laughs> he bets on he bets on fighting events and. Uh, uh, when I say basketball, I'm talking about NBA wise. Yeah, he, I, I know he bet on the Super Bowl. He bet on the Super Bowl too. When 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 OBJ and the Rams was in it, he bet on the Super Bowl too. He he almost jinxed my Rams, but you know we got it. <laughs> well, he jinxed OBJ. That's for no. damn sure. I still I still cash when I take with OBJ scoring too. Sounds good. Yeah, nah, we a lot of people cashed out, but we should have got the MVP with my boy. I mean, so the jinx didn't mess up the game, but it messed up the player in the game. Right. My boy shouldn't have got hurt. He ain't get hurt all half that year when he signed. Now he, now he got hurt. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> and speaking about hurting and hurting someone's team, Angel Reese recently was um just, you know, I guess reinstated or welcomed back to the LSU team after being away for about a good, I think, four or five games to start off the season. And um, the one thing that kind of tripped me out about it was, <clears throat> obviously, you know, you going who going – Ask the head coach, oh, where's you at? What's going on? This and that. And everyone went to the negative side, you know. And I think a lot of people, especially when, you know, you just got opinions on opinions and everyone has one. The worst part about it is everyone goes to the negative. No one can sit there and say, oh, she's dealing with this or this is going on or she's handling business. It automatically goes to, oh, it's a problem with the team. Is this and that. Her and the coach ain't clicking like. Come on, man. Let's understand. They just won a championship, and they wanted the better teams in college. So this don't make no damn sense that you're going after a college student. Let's be clear. A college student and over here trying to say what she is or what she isn't doing and where she is and where she isn't at. Man, how you feel about that, man? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't college student or not. I don't I care less. You know what I mean? But, you, know what I mean? You, got, you got one responsibility. You know what I mean? Like, show up and do your job, whatever that's in the, in the classroom or on the court, right? So, mm-hmm. allegedly, uh, from my knowledge, is that she was away from the team because her GPA was low. Mm. I, don't know, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but if that's the case, then you got to be, you gotta do your job, huh? You, you a student that's athlete. True. Forget all that, that national hype because you won a championship, but, like, at the end of the day, you know what I mean, I'm not. I don't know how it is for females that they can just do one and done. I'm, I don't think they could. I think nah. they got the three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure a lot of a lot of females would do one and done because you know when when Ben Simmons was at LSU, you know he uh, was complaining about the grades and you know, and the school mm-hmm. system all that shit because you know he was dumb as hell allegedly. <laughs> and, and, and you see that you see how where that where that took him, you know. So to the league. Yeah, I I just, I just feel with her like you no, know, she she they won a championship last season, um, and they they got a lot of big hype, especially her. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of big hype, and I think to, that kind of went to her head a little bit, maybe. Uh, got a little distracted, let the grades slip. Yeah. You know, grades mm-hmm. grades slacking, and I know she's she, her boyfriend's a receiver, I think, or from another school, whatever. Yeah, he played he played ball, I think, in Florida. Oh, basketball, 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 like basketball. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> Uh, is, you know what I mean? So if that's the case, you know what I mean? She she knows she's back on the team, so she she got obviously got a grade up. She mm-hmm. probably got a little extra extra work to get her shit up. But you know what I mean, as a coach, you don't gotta address the situation. But you know, 
nowadays where you try to keep things private, somebody in your circle is going to dish out the information for for their expense, like, you know what I mean, for their, their per- personal gain. So that's the story from what I'm hearing, that her GPA was low, and it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but she got to do what she got to do. Yeah, the one thing that I kind of, you know, I guess um, could give kudos to is the coach making it a team thing, keeping it in-house, because wherever the leak came from, obviously, you know, they probably made sure that guy dealt with, but at the same time, she stayed steady, she stayed consistent and said, you know, it's a team thing, we're going to keep it in-house. What happens here is here, and that's that. You know, everyone that needs to know is going to need to know. But at the end of the day, you know, what's, what's there is what's there. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, you got to kind of really stand on, especially when you got college students, because you ain't just talking about Angel Reese and them and the team of this year. We're talking about the next year's coming, too. So you can't hold it down this year with a couple good players. What makes you think you can hold it down in the coming years? So a lot of families, a lot of players that might get into that portal for the next season and all that is watching how things shake out because LSU right now is one of the hot spots. So if the coach can't sit there and keep the the big big time players under control or not even under control, but keep them more in line with what the team values are, there's no way that, you know, anyone else is going to want to go to that program because if you can't control a couple people with, you know, big names, who, who's, who's to say you can control my child when they get there and they got a, you know, personality or whatnot. So, I don't know, man. I feel like it's a little, it's a little tough situation, especially with, like you said, she got that buzz now and everything. So I'm sure she got endorsements. Uh-huh. I'm sure she got other commitments that she probably agreed to with commercials and ads and all that other good stuff. She gonna so, be good. I mean, regards, like I said, yeah. she back. And plus, you know, the head coach, uh, Kim. I don't know. I can't pronounce her last name. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. Moki or Moki, yeah, or Moki, whatever. Yeah. I mean, she, she's. She's she's well established, you know what I mean? With mm-hmm. at Baylor, when she was coaching at Baylor, so yep. they know they know they know her her track record, you know what I mean? So I don't I don't think the recruiting part will be tougher if that was the issue because she didn't keep information in the house. Um, and then day is a business and it's money. You gotta get money, you gotta do business. So, but they good. Like you said LSU's a hot spot, so yeah, man. And I mean, in the, in the, I guess in the grand scheme of us talking business and, and money, we got Marvin Harrison and Dan, well, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams pretending, in my opinion, pretending to be unsure about their future going forward, whether they want to stay in college another year or go to the league and end up uh, possibly playing for the Bears, it looks like, the way the, um, this draft is shaking out. And um, the one thing I think that's been crazy as of late that I've been looking at with Marvin Harrison, they used to talk about this man can make about $20 million in NIL deals and endorsements if he stays one one more season at Ohio State. And Caleb Williams, if I'm not mistaken, is probably the highest-paid college football player in, um, in all of college football. So him staying definitely won't hurt USC. But um, at the same time, these two guys are literally like one and two as far as being draft picks in the league. And right now they playing with these uh NFL owners and, and GM guys by saying they might go to they might come out the lead, they might not. And I don't know about you, man, but I'm sure, you know, college money, NFL money is different, but we talking like money, money. And then we talking about college football with some decent money. So I don't know, bro. How you feel if it, if if these were you if these guys were one of your sons, how would you even like approach this situation, especially knowing they would be a number one pick? 
or a number two pick in the league overall, not just like a first round, but we talking about number one and two to start the draft. Like, how would you feel if these guys was your sons and they came to you with this type of thing? Uh, well, the first thing I'm gonna say is 100 mil. I need it. You know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to that watch out. Um, I would, I me if that, if that was one of my sons, like I would just obviously the money's coming either way. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, for him. You know what I'm saying? So, therefore, like, I would ask him, like, yo, do you feel like you you accomplished what you accomplished, you know, throughout your years at this university? Or you feel like the job, you got, you know, you could come back and continue on and try to help out your your brotherhood, <clears throat> partly or with that university. Or, you know, you feel like you've done what you did, you know, it's time to, to transition to the, to the big boy leagues and, you know, and start your career as as you, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Representing you and your family because when you're at the university, you're representing yourself and the family, but most so just the university, right? So mm-hmm. now when you go going to the league, you know what I mean? It's, it's all going to be about you now. It's going to be a faster pace, you know, more money, you know, all the other stuff. So I would just ask them, like, yo, do you, do you feel like, yo, you, you accomplish everything and you ready to take that next step? Because if you did, if you feel like you didn't accomplish nothing, uh, not everything, not let me not say that. If you feel like you accomplish as much as you can, that the percentage wise, when you first went there and it's higher, then I would say, you know, then you did what you did, then you can go ahead and go into the league. But if not, you know, stay and try to fight, continue on and try to complete that percentage of what you, the goal was for you going there. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of them goals for them is not to win a national championship, I don't think. It's just more so raise their, get better at their, their game and and get a lottery pick, be a draft pick, and get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how I look into it. I could be wrong, but that's my opinion on it based off, based off that. Yeah, bro. It's, it's actually ironic that you said, you know, did they accomplish everything while they was there? Because Marvin Harrison Jr. been telling people that he wanted to come back one more year to try to win a Big Ten championship and compete for a national championship, but their starting quarterback just entered the transfer portal. So I understand, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably a generational talent, and it don't matter who throws this guy the ball, he's still going to make his numbers. But as a whole, I don't believe that staying in college would benefit him more so than it would benefit the team, you know? Um, just off the strength of, like, you know, you want to be a team guy and all that, but the money's there. The, the awards are there. Like, today we got, you know – the Heisman Trophy presentation, he's one of the four finalists. <laughs> like, like I mean, what what more can you what more can you do when you've kind of hit that pinnacle? You know, I'm sure he's gonna win the wide receiver award this year, the uh Belitnikov, you know, either him or the LSU guy, uh neighbors. But at the end of the day, what have like you have to set individual goals as well. We understand it's a team game and stuff, but Unless Marvin Harrison is 22 people, there's no way these guys in Ohio State is going to be able to compete next year if they don't have a solid foundation at quarterback and a couple other positions that got exposed when they played against Michigan. So, me personally, you did what you did, son. Good job. Job well done. Let's get about this college. Let's um go on and get this uh money over in the NFL and let's get grown, man. It's time to it's time to leave that college stuff alone. But you also got to look. That's true too. But look at it like this too. Since you said like that. <clears throat> Pardon me. You, you, you have the opportunity of going number one pick and going to Chicago, who's just as trash as you being in the team <laughs> coming back. 
<laughs> with no with different quarterback and trying to trying to what's the name? You in a system that you already know already. Yeah. Versus going into a losing situation, going being from a winner situation to a losing situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you got Justin and 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 it's trying to turn it around, which is hard to do at a receiver in state uh mm-hmm. in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Um especially if, if Justin Fizz gonna be the quarterback next year for them. Yes. So it's, that's if he, they're sold on saying, yeah, you're the number one pick. Now, if he's the number one pick and he doesn't want to go to Chicago, then he's definitely going back to fucking Ohio. <laughs> but, you know, you know, Ohio State boys are going to stick together, so I don't see why he wouldn't, you know what I mean, want to do that. Because mm-hmm. now that I think about it, I think he should go to the league now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. With the weapons that they would have, if he's mm-hmm. the number one pick, him, DJ Moore, uh, Justin, Cole Komet, and with a, with a, with a solid run game, just got, just got, just got to tweak up the line a little bit and get a new head coach uh, yeah. or a new OC, whatever. Yeah. Um, but other than that, because their defense is not that the bad. Defense is solid. They pretty they solid when they're healthy. When they're healthy, yeah. they pretty solid, and that's the thing. You know, when we just talking just off of just teams that are worthy of you know these top picks, you get a Marvin Harrison Jr. with DJ Moore. That's basically, in my opinion, it's almost like an AJ Brown and Devontae Smith over in Philly. You got a guy that's coming behind, a guy that's proven in the league, but you also have one of the top prospects that's coming in the league as well to match up with him. So you got 1A and 1B. You got Justin Fields, who's a a great quarterback that can make plays, and these are the type of guys that you need around to just change the team. We've seen what the Bengals ended up doing with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in the, in the, the two years, one after the other. Even though their offensive line is always, always under attack, a guy like Jamar Chase can show you how, you know, you can make a, a big difference when you go to, a, uh, you know, organization that's going to be able to tailor their game around you and just around the team that needs to win as a whole. So sometimes having a great receiver and having a great quarterback can propel the whole team just as much as having, you know, the best, you know, lineman or corner or safety. But it all comes down to the coaching as well. So if you get the right people calling the plays, you get the right guys making the plays. At the end of the day, you're going to end up being where you need to be. So you're right. It is a, it's going to take a lot of different, you know, dominoes to fall and a couple things to work in the favor of the Bears. But Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams, man, I don't know if, you know, y'all going to hear this. I hope y'all do. But go ahead and get up out of there, man. Y'all, 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 y'all did what y'all had to do. Y'all played well. Y'all put on for y'all, for y'all colleges. Y'all made lots of money. Y'all going to make lots of money in the league. Let's get on up out of there. Packers pack a jacket. So I say. Chicago got both picks. Uh, yeah. And the way it's looking right now, Chicago's one of the worst teams in the league. But the they traded last year with DJ Moore. Remember when they traded for Bryce Young to get the number one pick? And the Panthers yeah. are and the Panthers got the worst record in the league right now. So they literally set themselves up to be one and two as far as just their own draft stock and then the Panthers draft stock. From last year's trade, so these 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 niggas got potential chance to get fucking Kelly Williams and fucking Marvin Harrison. Yeah, and the worst part about it is that they're actually thinking about getting Caleb Williams. Which, if if we being honest, I wouldn't do. Just off the strength of if you can get a nice offensive lineman and you can get a Marvin Harrison Jr. to help Justin Fields, me, that sounds like a no brainer. You get a Caleb Williams, and I don't know about you, but I watched Caleb Williams play Notre Dame outside in the cold in a. Let's just say it didn't go good, you know? So 
when you have a home team where y'all home field and home field advantage is the cold weather and your quarterback right. <laughs> ain't gonna produce. Me personally, I can't I can't do it. Can't do it, you know. I'm I'm going off of what I've seen in the NFL. And what I've seen in the NFL is Justin Fields play a great game, and when he's clicking, he is clicking. So Caleb Williams, you know, that's what's up, man. I great I like the prospect of him being in the league and all that, but I would take a Marvin Harrison and I would take a top offensive lineman. And you just got to set up Justin Fields, man. You got to be all in because this guy is one of them kind of generational, like, talents and abilities with the with a good arm. He definitely can run. And, I mean, he can run with the best of them. So, someone like that, you can't just sit here and make him a backup or trade him to another team because you trade him to another team, he possibly going to make y'all feel it, pause, for the next 10-plus years just off of that alone. So, you know, sometimes you want to give – you want to change the scenery up for the player's sake, but you'll be looking back on it when you get Caleb Williams and he don't pan out to be who you need him to be. And Justin Fields ends up turning out to be in exactly who y'all thought he could be. So – and that's the kind that's the kind of thing that would get a coach fired too. Facts. So, you know I mean, shit. When you're talking about coaches getting fired, damn near NFL – has been on um, cleaning house. The NCAA is always cleaning house, man. One of the topics of just coaches getting fired early. And we had a couple guys, obviously the Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M. He, getting, he got fired. And they owe this man about, I think, 80 mil or something like that. So he getting about seven. He getting like seven point something every year for the next maybe eight years or so. So me personally, uh, I got to figure out how to get into coaching in the NFL or in coaching in college, because if I just do enough for about 10 years, I can go and try to, you know, finesse a team and get six years, you know, six years, two million a year. They fire me. I still get two million for four years after I get fired. Hey, man, that's that's good living. But with all this like turnover in college football and then obviously turnover in the NFL, especially in the midst of a season, I'm not really um too fond of letting coaches go, especially early in the NFL. And um what they did with Frank Wright over there in the Panthers is kind of the reason why they are, you know, in the position they're in now. Uh, I know you might have heard, but he got fired. You know, I think it was last week or the week before. And, you know, he was supposed to be brought there to help Bryce Young. So why would you get rid of the man in the middle of the season when the team is doing bad as if y'all didn't know this was going to happen? You know, like to me, that just wasn't smart. I don't know if they thought he was going to come there and help Bryce Young, you know, lead the league in passing yards <clears throat> like CJ Stroud. And, um, you know, he ain't doing that. So maybe the Panthers is a little more upset on they drafted the wrong guy or they think they drafted the wrong guy when you got a guy that's um, over there in Houston creating problems for the rest of the league by just balling out. So maybe they could have been a more, you know, a couple of things, but I was trying to get your opinion on just that situation about coaches in general getting fired early and not really having time to kind of like, you know, put together their systems and their different, you know, ideologies in the, in the uh, coaching teams and organizations. Like how you feel about these guys getting let go before they even got a time to freaking develop talent that they tried to bring in. These niggas got to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's clear as day, you know what I mean? Like, now at first I used to never. I used to, when it comes to when it comes to firing coaches, I used to be like, yo, never was a fan of it because like it's kind of fucked up. You find a coach where the players are still gonna be still there, 
and like they're playing and they're the ones who's fucking up. It's not like the coach can actually go out there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as an as an um like it's levels to it. So as you know, high school, you know, you pick the team, right? The coach picked the mm-hmm. team, right? College, you give out the, the the scholarships for players. You some of them have to be walk ons, et cetera, et cetera. NFL the head coach got a little guys saying who they want, but then I'm pretty sure you got the GM and the owners got I want this guy instead. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, fam, you you picking the players for me to coach, and I'm giving them the knowledge of it. You know what I'm saying? Some of them, some of them had the dog in them. Some of them don't. You know what I'm saying? Some <laughs> of them could, could could play. Some of them don't. So like, as a professional, you gotta ask yourself, like, yo, is this nigga better than me? And I keep kicking my ass each, each and every day, like each and every night on the field or on the court. Like for me, for me to just, I mean, like, yo, like, what does they doing that I ain't doing? Like, I'm putting the work in. Why does they keep kicking my ass? But mm-hmm. I get to still play the next game, but my coach got to get fired. So sometimes it's like you got some coaches who just don't know how to coach and it shouldn't be in that position to be in the begin with. But you got some coaches like, yo, that nigga, that nigga track record is pretty good, so I'm pretty sure he's doing what he can. But the the, the players he got around him just ain't ain't getting it. They just allowing motherfuckers to bust their ass, pause. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Each time they, they play, so yeah. like it, it, it's like the the coach get fired, but the the GM is still there. Take sometimes or or uh, the office coordinator get fired, but the head coach is there. I mean, like, you know, when the head coach get fired, but the office coordinator get promoted to, I mean, that's my shit. The OC is giving the nigga the plays, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And to me, the coach get fired, the OC got to go too. Yeah. I know Um, when it comes down to it, a lot of times, especially, I guess, in the case of just, you know, being individual in this month, talking about Frank Wright, he was in Indianapolis after he got, you know, after the Eagles win the championship, he got a deal or he got a head coaching job in Indianapolis. It didn't work out, ended up getting fired. And then he immediately got a job with the Panthers. Now, at some point in time, as we continue to say this, maybe you were just better as a coordinator and maybe not a head coach. Like, it can also, that can also be the thing, too. You know what I mean? You got a guy like Josh McDaniels. For some strange reason, this man, he, he coaches well in on the Patriots. He goes, try to be a coach somewhere else. It don't work out. The Patriots welcome him back with open arms. He do a couple more years with the Pats. Then he leave again and go and get another team. And as you've seen with the Raiders, he got his ass let go again. So some guys just can't be head coaches, man. Like, And that's cool. But I think some of these GMs and, you know, I guess these um these old country club guys, they need to figure this out, man. These guys can't do it. Let's not continue saying, oh, maybe he didn't have a fair shake at the Raiders. Or maybe, you know, you had Tim Tebow as quarterback of the Broncos. Maybe it's the guy calling the damn plays and the one that y'all hired. It's never y'all fault, you know? So, in my opinion, like, sometimes you got to stop giving these guys all this damn rope and just let them say, hey, man, you're a coordinator. That's the best we could do for you. We got a guy that can lead men that's a head coach, but we need you to be able to call plays and put players in position to be successful. We do not need you to be the head coach. We need you to chime in on the offensive front. But other than that, we don't need much from you. And I think sometimes, you know, guys walk around on eggshells, GMs, owners, because they get they get themselves caught up, I guess, in their own insecurity of, of not playing the sport or not being attached to the sport as they once were decades ago when they were younger. But at the same time, if you were making the right plays and the right calls as far as hiring guys, 
you don't have to worry about being too, um, you know, attached and engaged in the sport when you put in the right guys in position to be successful. But when you continue to pick other guys that really showed you from years past and teams past that they can't get the damn job done, why do you continue to hire these guys? Like a lot of these, you know, old GMs and stuff. Obviously, we all know they all talk and they're in cahoots with one another because there's many coaches that are more than qualified to coach at um as a head coach and not as a coordinator. But will they ever get the chance? Only time will tell. Me personally, I feel it's a no because of the simple fact that, you know, if you rub one person the wrong way, depending on that one person you rub the wrong way, it can dictate damn near your whole career. So when it comes to being in the league, a lot of these guys don't tend to, uh you know, let that kind of stuff slide. You know, you, you mess up one handshake, next thing you know, that handshake gets told to about 20 guys, and now nobody want to uh, shake hands with this man again. And he only going to get his hand shook in, in that capacity or that capacity, and they never going to get his man the kind of, you know, influence that he kind of warrants and that he kind of deserves and that he earned just be off the simple fact that, you know, he just comes off a certain way to a couple people. I I mean, I I still think it's like for certain things, like prime example, uh, Eagles head coach, Nick, right? Mm-hmm. Can he be a head coach on the, on the Bears? I and, think so. And and just be as successful with, with that team where he's with the Eagles? Yeah, it's about the guys that you have underneath you as well. Pause. You got to make sure that you have the right system in place for these, uh, you know, coaches to be successful. Mike Tomlin seems to always find a way to get things done. And he's one of the ones that turned over many offensive coordinators and different defensive coordinators as well. But for some strange reason, the team always finds itself in a playoff contention and always finding their, you know, self in good positions to kind of make some noise in the NFL year by year, you know? So sometimes when you have a certain person that can just galvanize a team, you want to be able to have a, you know, support system that's underneath those guys that'll be able to make sure that what the coach is saying kind of flows through everyone. But at the same time, the ones that's making the play calls and different decisions, they want to be able to make sure that it's supportive of the coach, which ultimately leads to the success of the team. Because if we're going to listen to one guy and the one guy is got five guys that's next to him as well, saying the same thing he's saying, everyone's on the same accord. There's no friction. There's no, you know, I guess, distinction amongst the topic at hand. The game is to win. And we need to make sure we plan right, we prepare right, we work as hard, and we all understand this is a team effort. When you got some coaches saying one thing on the, on one side of the ball and the coach saying the other thing on the other side of the ball, there's going to be a disconnect. And nine times out of ten, you can't sit there and say, and I'm sure these guys are saying it, but they're obviously not saying it to one another, that, okay, the offense ain't going to get it done tonight. We got to make sure we do this and that. Or the defense ain't playing as well. We have to make sure we score a lot of points. Sometimes when you have that disconnect, you can kind of see it on the field by which the players play. You can tell about the body language. You can tell by just the demeanor of a player when certain things aren't going his way, but he was probably told something else, you know? So when the coaches have that level or has that pulse on the team, you can bring those guys in like, hey, that behavior ain't going to be tolerated, bro. Get it together. We understand it's a rough patch and we're going to need, we're gonna need you know, we're going to need a little bit of growing pains, but don't sit there and try to think that you're above the team and that you're above the mission. You know, no player, 
no coach is above the mission. And we have to always understand that, you know, at the end of the thing, we all trying to get to that one spot at the end of the year. And that's holding up that damn trophy. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like, you know, certain coaches are, are lucky enough to have certain people around them as far as player wise, talent wise. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I said the head coach from the Eagles can't do the same with with the Bears, which I, I don't think he could because the Bears is trash. (laughs) <laughs> you know, the Bears is trash. Can you go do that with, with the Panthers? No, Panthers is trash. The players mm-hmm. is trash over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eagles. I mean, he he got there on, on a perfect timing where the team was already established with uh, with Peterson that was there before, and then you know what I'm saying he just added a little sprinkle to it, and then look what happened. You know what I mean, yeah. made yeah. made a great run, a great team. You know what I'm saying, but I don't think certain coaches. Oh yeah, his resume good. He could go. He could go help that team. Nah, it doesn't. It ain't gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have those pieces. You gotta have those players. The coaches. The coaches. At the end of the day, you run the show. You can have whoever it is, OC, DC. You know what I mean? Nah, I'm running the offense. I'm running the defense as well. You know what I'm saying. So I, I understand that you guys know what I'm doing. And y'all following suit. And y'all, y'all, y'all on board with this. You know what I'm saying. But if I'm running the shit and the players is trash. Players are trash, not gonna do about it. No matter if mm-hmm. I got all the coaching staff who's just like me, who agrees to what I'm saying, if the players are trash, players are trash. We ain't with no games. Mm-hmm. So, like, certain coaches are great coaches, and but certain coaches can't go ahead and turn around another, a, a, another team if that's trash. Right. Like, this ain't, this ain't no, this ain't no, no, no Hollywood movie where, yeah, new Coach Carter type shit. I ain't saying that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This this ain't this ain't that. So like, certain coaches are are lucky enough and blessed to be on a team where they 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 fit comfortable and they they could get a good run and all that shit. But if they get fired, they go to another team. Them niggas ain't fucking winning on games like that. Unless unless they get those old players that they had to come join them on a new team. Yeah. Along yeah. with along with some coaching staff. <laughs> yep. And honestly, a lot of time when we talk NFL, that that rarely ever happens, you know. And you know, at the same time, like you said, some coaches do get a stroke of luck and they mess around and fall into a perfect position. You know, you got Mike McDaniel as well with the Dolphins. You know, kind of almost like a perfect storm. Tyreek Hill getting there when he got there, and now that offense is considered, you know, one of the best offenses ever, and all this crazy stuff. And you know, Nick Sirianni with the Eagles as well. You know, it's just some sometimes I guess it's just certain, you know, aspects of the team that when you get one person that can kind of catapult it and just bring it up to another notch, then it becomes the show like, okay, this guy is gonna probably be that kind of person. But you know, when some guys get put on teams that are pretty decent, the coach is supposed to propel that team from decent to competitive, you know, with Dan Campbell over there in Detroit. The team was decent. He got there, they became competitive. You know, Josh McDaniels took a competitive team in the Raiders and made them decent. Like, you can't – you were like, you weren't put there to bring them down. Like, there's no way how Devontae Adams was an all-pro when he was there with David Carr – or, no, not David, Derek Carr. And then you let Derek Carr go because you trust in Jimmy Garoppolo. And ultimately, this man, Devontae Adams, is having a – cool season, you know, a regular season. He might be able to make it to the Pro Bowl because he's who he is. But as far as an all-pro, that's probably not going to happen this year for him. And I really, truly believe it was because of the damn quarterback and the coach. 
You don't get rid of a quarterback that understood he got to get this main guy involved. Like, every team has that guy that they know they got to go to no matter what. Rain, sleet, or snow. You know, so when you get a guy like Josh McDaniels that comes in there thinking, like, oh, the team, this and this. No, bro. Give me the ball. We are successful when I get the ball. So I'm truly a believer of coaches doing the absolute opposite of that. You can take a competitive team and make them decent, and you can take a decent team and make them competitive off of the coaching. So when certain coaches get fired early, especially when there's in a sense of, a, let's say, a rebuild, you can't fire a coach like a Frank Wright when you get there one year with a quarterback that's young and needs to figure out how this works and all that. I think sometimes these GMs and owners get a little too um, you know, ahead of themselves. Give this man a good two years, you know, maybe even three if you kind of get progress, you know, progress in the second year. Like I said, Dan Campbell had the Lions win their last few games last season to end the season. And they ain't make the playoffs or nothing, but everyone was talking about them for this coming year and look what they're doing. You know, sometimes it's it's truly on the coach to bring a team up out of, you know, their position that they was. And then there's some coach that brings team out of their position and brings them down. You know, so sometimes I feel like when it comes to professional sports, you have to have that kind of, you know, coach that's able to kind of get to the players, especially nowadays where everyone's more engaging with one another. You got to have player coach relationships. It's not just a, you know, a workplace type of deal, whereas you know who the boss is and you just do your job. Nah, the boss got to be conference, you know, got to be conversational. The coach got to be engaging with the players. You got to know almost everything about their better players in order for this thing to work. So if you trust, you know, built and all that. And, you know, NFL, they just like, nah, we got a short, we got a short window here. We're trying to do this and that. And if you ain't doing what I thought you was going to do, we got to let you go. And then there's business it's all about money. So they fake the money, they fucking up the money. You got to mm-hmm. go. That's it. That's it. When you're losing more, than, when you're losing more money than you're supposed to make, you understand you got to change something. I think at the end of the day, that's what, you know, these people these people understand more than anything. Like you said, is that bottom line. If it ain't working out and we losing money, we, we can we can fire this coach and pay him whatever he's, you know, owed at the same time. But we'll get someone else that can come in there and do what they're supposed to do and give us what we are looking for. And if not, we'll fire that next guy, too, and find someone else. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, but, yeah, man. I think we're going to wrap it up on that one, man. Stop firing these coaches too early, man. And uh, let Mav make a little bet here and there, man. I got a couple plays, too, for him if he needs some. <laughs> I mean, you know, I ain't, you know, I got I, I, I got it on me. I don't got it, you know. Exactly. <laughs> let, let, let Mav know we got him, man. I got, I got a couple <laughs> plays, man. Watch, watch, some, watch on Sunday, man. Watch on Sunday. I'm trying Just, to tell you. Man. I'm gonna send it. I'm gonna send it directly to his account too. I'm gonna say, "Mess with me." You know what I mean? I'm gonna say, "Yo, this 20k right here." <laughs> yeah, just spot me 10. Just spot me 10. No, I'm, I'm talking about no. Just 20k to, to play it. I mean, not to. Oh. Win. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this gonna cost you 20k, nigga. The fuck? Like, <laughs> and, there's, yeah. and there's plenty more where this came from. So <laughs> trust me, buddy. I'm trying to tell you, man. I mean, he can he can he can get all the bets, bro, uninterrupted. Yeah. but yeah man this is uh that's this is the that's how we play podcast man it's coach c got mr mark now man and at the end of the day if you don't like what we gotta say that's that's how we play
Just like that, now, man. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>